Our reading is from 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning in verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Please be seated. One of the benefits that you and I have here on this side of eternity uh, of being a Christian, this is just one of many, one of those benefits is an unspeakable joy. We have joy in the fact that Jesus the Christ was uh, offered for us. We have joy in the fact that God would would prefer a relationship with us even when we were not following Him. That joy is a, the Christian joy is a fragile thing. And it's not the way you think. It's fragile in the fact that, or it's not fragile in the fact that generally persecution makes that joy stronger and continue to flourish. It's fragile in the way I approach my own joy. It's fragile from the inside because worry will kill it. Worry will kill it. Notice this. First, notice me turn this on. Notice this. 40% of the things we worry about never come to pass. Never come to pass. 30% of the thing uh, that we worry over is a past decision that we cannot change. As, As well as I know, even right now, there's not ever been an invention of a wayback machine where we can go back and fix problems in the past by not making those decisions. 12% of Americans worry over criticism and feeling that others give them that they are inferior. Worry. The oddity of worry is this. 10% of worry... uh, is related to health, uh, which causes our health then to get worse because we're worrying. Did you see that cycle? This was was caused by worry, and now I'm going to worry about it, and it's going to get worse. 8% of worry is described as legitimate and a cause for concern. Fewer than 10% of all the things that we have to worry about in our life are are real problems and everything else, that's 90% of those things that we worry about, should be eliminated from the idea of worry. God doesn't want us to worry about things like future. He holds that within His hand. Money or time or needs. 
When has been the last time that God has left you out on something that you needed? And I didn't ask you when was the last time you didn't get everything you wanted. When was the last time God left you out on something that you needed? God will provide to his children. Notice this. Let's define what worry is. Worry is to allow, allow one to be consumed with present or future events and to dwell on difficulties or troubles. Now, that's different from concern. Notice how concern is described here. A manner of interest or importance. There are some, some things that would concern us monthly. For example, if uh, we did not get a bill for our mortgage payment, that would concern me after a couple of months of not getting it. That would make me feel good the first month. It would concern me after a couple of months because I know now I'm into you for some money, so we need to get this thing straightened out. Worry would be to pay that, put that in the mail, and then begin to fret over the fact that it's coming next month. Don't fret over that. It's coming. The difference between worry and concern is the amount of time and life allowed that's, that we allow to be consumed by it. Are there things we should be concerned with? Oh, absolutely. Mother or father, you're concerned with your children and the decisions they make? Sure. Newly married couple, are you concerned about your marriage taking the steps that it needs to in order to be rock solid for your life? Sure. Young parents, are you concerned about the, the milestones that your child should be reaching? Sure. Are you worried about those things? See, the difference between worry and concern is how much time I give those things. There are some proverbs here. This is a Swedish proverb, and it says, Worry gives a large shadow to a small problem. A man by the name of Dale Carnegie said, Our fatigue is normally produced by worry and not by work. An interesting idea, we, we, we find ourselves exhausted over worry. The old Chinese proverb is true, that the birds of fear and change fly over your head, you cannot change. Allowing them to build a nest in your hair, you can prevent. Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote a short, pithy statement that said, Faith looks up. Sorrow looks back worry looks around when we explore the idea of worry as we find it in the Bible God would say you don't need to do that as a matter of fact it was Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 verses 25 through 34 on his very famous sermon on the mount who gives us seven reasons why we should not worry Let's take a moment and look at those. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 25. Is Matthew in this Bible? There it is. It's right at the front. Imagine that. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you'll put on. 
Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? First reason why we should not worry is it compromises the trust we have in God. The same God who created life, can he be trusted with the, the details of life? Or did he create me like I am so that I will have to make sure I can pull myself through this life? We worry over things of this life so many times that have been provided for us day after day after day after day. You ever been really hungry? I mean hungry. I don't mean hungry like I am right now. I mean really hungry. Did you eat today? Let me, let me change that from the Alabama terms. Did you eat today? Because the way I said that didn't sound anything like that sentence, did it? Did you eat today? Did, what about yesterday? I've never been really hungry. The girls, myself, closets full of clothes. As a matter of fact, at times we have to bring down boxes from the attic that are winter clothes or spring clothes. Mm. You know, in the, in the world in which I have lived in these 44 years, I have always had a silver spoon in my mouth. I have never had to draw water. Never had to. I have a couple of times just to see if I could do it, but never had to. It's always been there. Nice, clean, cold water and hot water. All of those things in life that I need, God has provided time and time and time and time again. It's from the hand of Matt Redman who wrote this, Blessed be your name when the sun is shining down on me. When the world is all as it should be, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on a road marked with suffering through pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. As you and I look at those two uh, sections of a song that he wrote, the bookends of, of both of those small paragraphs there let us know how we ought to be looking at God and not looking at worry. Blessed be his name, that one who is the provider. Trust in him, allow him to provide for you as he always has. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 26. Seven reasons why we shouldn't worry. Behold the fowl of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, but your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? When I don't put my trust in God... When I decide to take it on myself to worry, the efforts that God puts forth for me, I say, are, are nothing. He takes care of those animals. Does he not take care of me? Worrying about the future hampers my efforts, my efforts for today. Man, what if, what if baseball doesn't start when it's supposed to? What if, 
What if I don't get to record this week for what we're doing? What if I don't do this? What if I don't do that? What are you doing now? I live by a credo that will happen in less than 19 minutes from now that most of you sitting here don't really understand. And the creed that I live by every week happens and starts at 7 p.m. on a Sunday evening. And it, it simply says this. Sunday is coming. And I can get so caught up in the fact that I am not ready right now for Sunday to come. I'll stop doing what I need to do in order to get ready for Sunday to come. Because I worry about it so much. We should concentrate on today. Because we have never in our lives been guaranteed tomorrow. Yesterday's in the past. And I generally mess this one up. Tomorrow's in the future. All you have is today. You better make sure your efforts for today have been in the right way. Harmful. Look at verse number 27 here in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, one of the reasons why we should trust in God, or one of the reasons why we should not worry is so that we trust in God, so that it doesn't hamper our efforts, but it also deals with our health. It's harmful for us. Look at verse 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add a cubit unto his stature? Oh, no. What if I get the flu this week? Or even worse, what if I, what if I contract the, the COVID-19 virus? What if I, what if I, oh my. The story that says death was walking toward a city. Man stopped him and said, where are you going? And death said, I'm going to this particular city and I'm going to take a hundred lives. That man tried desperately all that he could to stop death from going to that city. He was unsuccessful. Death said, this is what I do. This is my job. And so he went down into that city and he came back, met that same man on that hill. And that man said, 100 people died, huh? And he said, nope. In that city, 1,000 people died. To which the man replied, I thought you were only going to get a hundred. And he said, worry was there before I was. Worry is harmful to our health. It weakens our immune system. It, it heightens our blood pressure. Uh, it, it can produce acid reflux and ulcers, high blood pressure levels, backaches, sleeping disorders, headaches, poor skin condition, extra weight, and eventually... With the stress and the trauma that I have put on myself with worry, I find myself dead. That's how harmful it is to our health. So we need to be cautious about our health. God would say, in, or Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 26, you, you, can't, you can't add a cubit to your stature by, by worrying about it. You know what I'd do if I was seven feet tall? I'd play in the NBA. I 
You know what I'd do if I was seven feet tall and I had the same basketball skills I have now? It would not be play in the NBA. Height does not necessarily make you the, a great ball player. I have great plans if I could just add a cubit here or there, if I could take a cubit off here or there. Well, let me just worry about it and see what happens. We don't give enough attention to the idea that, that worry is harmful to our bodies and that we are stewards of those bodies. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 29 and 30. Reason not to worry. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these lilies. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today, and tomorrow's cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. How dependent is the grass of the field and those lilies? How dependent are they on God for their food, for their sunshine, for, for their growth? They absolutely, and God does not ignore those who are dependent on Him. Notice some things about you. With food in your refrigerator and one extra suit of clothes, a roof, and a place to sleep, you are in the top 25% of the entire world ticking up toward 8 billion people, you find yourself now in the top 25. And you say, Phew. I'm glad you stopped right there, preacher, because we have a lot more. Well, let's go a little further then. With money in the bank and $1 in your wallet. Now, who has a dollar? Who has $1 in their wallet? Let's see. I have a dollar. I have $3 in my wallet. You have spare change in a dish somewhere? Or in a cup holder in your truck? I like that bunch of quarters there. That's what I like. And you now are in the top 8% of the world's wealthiest. You had an opportunity to wake up this morning with good health. You're blessed more than most who will not survive the day. With never experiencing battle or war. With never experiencing being in prison. With never experiencing starvation. With never experiencing torture. You are blessed more than 550 million others in this world. With the ability to attend this worship service. Without rest. You're blessed more than three billion others on the planet. By doing what you always do. God has blessed us and blessed us and blessed us. And we should not be worried over the fact that God will forget us. He will take care of his own. Notice this. Notice Matthew chapter 6 verse number 31 and 32. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? 
For after these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth you have needs of these things. When we worry, we show a lack of faith and a lack of understanding in God. There is a faith that beats out, that conquers worry, and that's the faith uh, that would be like a child. You know, it is Jesus who would say, unless you become as little children, you'll not enter into the kingdom of heaven. He's not telling us that you and I should become childish. What he's telling us is that you and I should become childlike. And we should become dependent on the Father. That we should become dedicated to Him and determined to follow after Him because He is our source of faith. You don't think God can take care of you? You don't think He will? Notice this, Matthew 6, verse number 33. When you and I worry... We take our focus off of God and put it onto other things. Here he says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You ever met anyone that has a can-do attitude? Do you like those folks? Is it just me? I like them because they think they're, they're supercharged, they're ready to go, they, they at least have confidence in themselves and say, I can do this, I can do that. Spiritually speaking, everyone can follow God's will. Everyone has the opportunity. That son was sent for all mankind. Yet only certain ones will do. What if I change my attitude, spiritually speaking, from the can-do attitude to the will-do? Even if no one else does it with me, I will do this or I will do that. I will keep my focus where it's supposed to be because my focus is not on this world. Those things that make us worry take our focus off of God And put our focus on other things. Look at verse number 34 here in Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, take no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. When you and I begin to worry about things, it consumes us from the inside because it keeps us from living for today how we ought to be living. You and I can't live for tomorrow. Uh, we already made mention that we may never have that idea. And perhaps you look at me as we're going through this sermon and you say, Well, preacher, I've already heard about you. You know, you don't worry about anything. You don't have concern over anything. If it comes around, it comes around. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Well, let me assure you that I have concerns about things. I 
And here is my concern. My concern is for the state of mankind. Beginning first with the one who wears this suit. And then for the ones who lives in, in his house. And then for those that he has uh, an opportunity to worship God with and those that he meets on a daily basis. When we push worry out of the way and when we put concern in its proper place, what we see is a world who is worried. And perhaps they don't know why they're worried. And perhaps they don't know how it can stop. Perhaps you're in that boat. Worry only stops when I allow God to do His job. And I stop trying to do it. I can't do His job. I am severely underqualified to do His job. However, that does not mean I don't have to do anything. When my concern starts for the one who is wearing this suit, there's plenty he needs to do. There's plenty of how he needs to be stronger. And there's plenty of that out here, isn't there? There is one thing that I have as a benefit. It is that I have read what God's Word says. And I understand what it says to do. And I have the opportunity to tell you what it says to do. You want to stop worrying? Let's worry about the big things first. Let's concern ourselves with those big things first. You want to stop worrying? Make sure that your salvation is secure. How am I supposed to do that, preacher? Hearing? Yes, but not only hearing. Belief? Yes, but not only. And not only repentance, not only confession, and not only baptism. But when you put that plan together, you have a divinely inspired plan that is there to save mankind through the blood of Jesus the Christ. Then you no longer have to worry about salvation. God provides that. Through my obedience and my faithfulness, God provides salvation. There is a caveat, and this is it. God provides salvation to his faithful child, period. I may be his child, but that's not what he said, is it? 
He said, faithful child. It's necessary that I'm walking that path that God would have me walk. It's necessary that I am walking in those ways that God would have me walk. It's necessary that I'm putting worry out of the way and I'm putting all of my focus and all of my dependency and all of my time every day toward God. Then I find myself in that group of the faithfully obedient. Do you find yourself there? It's an easy question. You find yourself as one of those who are faithfully obedient to God? If not, here's the good news for you. You will have time, as long God, as, long as God allows time to continue, to make those corrections. The only problem is we don't know how long God will allow time to continue. So why not take the opportunity now, while you have it, to come back home to the God that loves you, the family that misses you. Do those things right now as we stand and sing for your encouragement. Would you be free from the burden of sin? Let's